time, weather, and... Veteran of three foreign wars, entrepreneur, and warrior poet, Tony Arterburn takes on the issues facing our country, civilization, and planet. This is the Arterburn Radio Transmission. what I'm talking about? What is our common bond truly? Freedom. Freedom. Without freedom, you can't be a Christian no matter what denomination you belong to. You can't be a Buddhist. You can't own a donut shop. You can't drive from here to Oregon. You can't be an American because that's what it's all about, and that's the only thing that it's all about. Nothing else. Nothing else. It's about freedom. Welcome to the Arterburn Radio Transmission, ART, Weapons Grade Truth, the Art of War, State of the Art Broadcasting. Here with my co-pilot and co-host, Beans the Brave. She's in studio, ladies and gentlemen, keeping these studios safe from woodland creatures, anything from chipmunks to deer, uh, and of course, intruders to the shop. She's going to run security. She's my eyes and ears Why I'm talking to you. So folks, um, busy weekend, uh, busy week here at the shop, and sometimes Mondays, uh, are just, you know, really just slammed. So you know what I did today for all of you, especially my podcast subscribers and my WWCR listeners, I'm going to give you exclusive audio today that is only found on the Iconic Network. Uh, the video, you can go to Iconic, which is the David Icke Network, and subscribe. Uh, wonderful channel. My good friend Billy Ray Valentine uh, does a show over there called America Unplugged. And lately, it looks like uh, Don Jeffries and myself, uh, along with Billy Ray, make that show uh, pretty much every week. So um, I put together the audio of uh, the America Unplugged episode, along with special guest Charlie Robinson, uh, author of The Octopus of Global Control and The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire. Uh, he joined us uh, on Saturday. So I've got this uh, exclusive audio for you. And it's a fantastic show, a smart show. Uh, if you know, and I, I don't include myself. Uh, it's hard to keep up with those guys, but uh, it's a, it's a great show all the way around. Uh, lots of topics brought up. It's, it's fast paced, and uh, there's some humor uh, in there as well. I think you'll really enjoy it. So, I, what I'm going to do uh, before I turn you over to the uh, exclusive audio that you're only going to find right here uh, on the Art of Burn Radio transmission, or if you subscribe to Iconic. Uh, I'm going to give you the gold and silver prices uh, for the day, as you know, brought to you by Wise Wolf Gold and Silver Exchange. It's how we pay the bills. It's how we pay for the radio transmission to go out. That's how we pay for the production. Everything is uh, based on that, and we just hope that we can earn your business. We deal nationwide, buying and selling precious metals of all kinds, uh, and even a referral helps us out, ladies and gentlemen. So, Gold today, 1,835 Luciferian Bankster notes, <laughs> the LBNs, 
that is 1,835 for gold per troy ounce. Uh, that's up today uh, from last week, way over last week. It was in the uh, high 1700s. It's up about $50 or more. Uh, it's looking good for the yellow metal, as it should, because gold is severely undervalued in comparison to the strength of the dollar, which you'll see food prices, lumber prices, copper prices, commodity prices rising all over, except for uh, gold and silver. They're not really spiking because of those manipulated stock uh, and what they call the exchange-traded funds, folks. Uh, silver is at $27.40 uh, per troy ounce, $27.41 uh, in translation to Luciferian Bankster notes, also known as dollars. Uh, silver is way undervalued. The retail price of silver today, uh, just so you could have a, a good idea, somewhere in the $33 to $34 range, and that's for generic and or something like a South African Krugerrand for one ounce of silver to hold in your hand. That's the disparity and the difference between the spot price uh, and the manipulated price there on the paper exchanges and the real world. So uh, just a word to the wise, getting your hands on physical metals is a good, good way to hedge against inflation. It's a good way to protect yourself. Uh, and it could be a fantastic investment. Could be. You know, do your own research. The Bitcoin uh, phenomenon, the Bitcoin revolution continues today. Uh, Bitcoin, as I do this broadcast, $57,524. Uh, $57,524 Luciferian Bankster notes to make one Bitcoin. Of course, uh, you can uh, get a piece of the network. You know, every time you buy a little bit of the Bitcoin, uh, one of the Satoshis, uh, which is there's 100 million Satoshis in each Bitcoin, uh, you get a piece of the network. That's what I do. Now, uh, your, your host uh, here at uh, Wise Wolf Gold and Silver, I will buy a little bit from my own Bitcoin ATM uh, occasionally, uh, a little $20 here, $30 there. It adds up, and I own a piece of the Bitcoin network. Some of uh, you maybe uh, have bought some Dogecoin. Uh, look, <laughs> It's got a dog on it. How can you not love it, right? Uh, big phenomenon. Elon Musk was supposed to talk about it. I, I don't know the full story there. But, uh, I, you know, Bit, uh, Dogecoin, Bitcoin, um, they're different. Uh, if you own a little Dogecoin, you bought it at the height uh, around 70 cents and it's fallen, you know, don't despair. Uh, you know, you should probably hold it for a little while, see where it goes, uh, because, you know, popularity drives the network and we'll see. Okay, I own a little bit of Dogecoin. So don't despair, Dogecoin buyers, if you were uh, looking into the hype. Just, you know, hold a little bit and uh, see where it takes you because uh, it's not a great coin. There's not, there's not a lot of privacy in it. Uh, it's not finite like Bitcoin, but hey, we'll, we'll see where it goes. So the cryptocurrency revolution uh, marches on. So before I turn you over, just wisewolfgoldandsilver.com uh, uh, or go to wisewolf.gold. Arterburn.news is getting a makeover right now. I appreciate all of you who subscribe to the podcast. Beans the Brave sends her best. We'll be back uh, later in the week, probably Friday, a whole new show. And next Monday, special guest next month. I'm, I'm doing a series of shows with a special guest on Monday. You're going to love it. It's going to be a, a hopefully a weekly recurrence until we go through all of uh, their their books. And uh, we're, we're going to talk about that uh, very, very soon. And you'll learn all about the series that I'm going to do. Uh, and it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. 
appreciate all of you folks. Uh, enjoy uh, America Unplugged with some of the smartest human beings, minus myself, uh, on planet Earth. Talk to you soon. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to America Unplugged right here on Iconic. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in yet again. Greetings and blessings. My name is Billy Ray Valentine. Hope everybody is doing well. We got a show for you today. We got the usual suspects here with me today, and we have a very special guest to bring you, which you're all very familiar with. But first, I'm going to go to that dude, Mr. Tony Atterburn, the wise wolf himself. What is going on? Great to be back, Billy. What's up, buddy? Awesome to have Charlie on. Great to be with you and Don. AU is the gold standard once again. Yes, sir. Let's go, baby. That's right. We got the legendary Mr. Don Jeffries. What is going on, sir? Tell us something. Always a pleasure, Billy, and that'd be Tony and Charlie Robinson and you both. So we have boys. It's an embarrassment of riches here. <laughs> and of course, Mr. Charlie Robinson, a, a unofficial member. He's been here since the beginning, also. Mr. Robinson, the hardest working man in the alternative media, hands down, bar none. I know you mentioned somebody else, sir. I don't know who that is. So in my mind, it is you. What is going on, sir? Thank you, and uh, welcome back to America Unplugged. What's up? That- Thanks for having me. I mean, I feel like the four of us, we just got in the car. We got an hour long road trip. We're going to get down to some business. We're going to solve some problems and talk about some mysteries. I can't wait. This is going to be a lot of fun. Well, we're sure as hell going to try. Anyway, Mr. Tony Atterburn, we were talking off air and we want to get into a couple of things. Let's see what we can get into. I I do want to talk about Elon Musk being the the ruler of Mars, uh, according to (laughs) Werner uh, Von Braun, you know, uh, years ago. So I do want to talk about that. I want to talk a little bit about a, a, um, ADHD, so don't let me forget about that. Uh, but Mr. Tony Atterburn <laughs> brought up <laughs> what I did there. You know, but uh, good. <laughs> but um, um, Tone, Tone, you brought up something about um, super soldiers, and that's incredibly interesting to me. Tell me something about it, and then we'll go around the table. Well, sure, yeah. And as Charlie mentioned, if we were in a car, uh, physically, I think our chances of being droned would go through the roof. Uh, all, of our, all of us in one physical space. I'm glad that we're in the virtual world right now. Right. Especially uh, no. if we were going to a wedding party, we would most definitely. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's their favorite. Yeah, uh, a lot of one thing, damage. What one thing we can we can definitely count on is our social credit score is really going to plummet now that we oh, have Charlie. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. it's gone down before, but now that Charlie's here, it's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. We're definitely in the negative. <laughs> Go ahead, Tom. Uh, yeah, they're already starting to do, seize stuff out of my office right now. Just <laughs> violating <laughs> violating ahead, crime. Uh, no, yesterday I saw the article on Zero Hedge. The Space Force chief scientist says they're developing augmented super soldiers. Mm. Uh, they, and if you read on, it, it has to do with a an, an article written by John Radcliffe, who was the director of national intelligence, uh, former uh, congressman in my hometown. And he didn't give any specifics as to why uh, China was suspected of doing that. But now you see uh, all around the world, the French are getting into it, the Germans, and of course the U.S. And I know that we've been doing this already, but this is another one of those, uh, the leaks to get you used to the the reality of genetically altered uh, super soldiers. Wow, man. I mean, um, I don't know. Would you take it? No. I, I might want to take that serum. I, I've watched so much of Captain America that I figured I'm like, you know what? This might be a good thing for me. Um, I, I don't know. But I mean, the reality of it, to, to be honest with you, all jokes aside, I was uh, like I told you off air. I was watching um, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier with the family uh, last night. And, uh, you know, it's it's a spinoff of the Marvel superhero um, movies. 
and uh, Captain America is dead, you know, and Captain America is, is famous for the super soldier serum, right? That's how he became Captain America. And um, now uh, the Falcon has taken over the role of Captain America and he, he doesn't have the super soldier serum. He's just a regular guy. So I'm trying to explain to my kids because it's, it's really unbelievable uh, that he's fighting all these people with super soldier serum and he's still like living, you know, because he should be dead ultimately. But I'm like, uh, are they going to give this guy the super soldier serum? And then we started talking about the possibilities of it being a real thing, you know, and uh, if, you know, I mean, I don't remember when they came up. I think they came up with Captain America as a result of World War Two. Right. Right. That, that, that was the whole deal for it. So, I mean, back then they were talking about things like this. Um, I think personally, if um, if if it's in the mainstream now, and I know we all agree, if it's in the mainstream now, they've had it for quite some time. So who knows what the hell is walking around out there? It's it's a very scary situation, to be honest with you. Don Jeffries, I'm going to go to you. What's up, sir? Well, yeah, these and certainly we continue to look at uh, the masters of uh, war, as Bob Dylan called them, continue to look at it, ways of refining this uh, horrible thing called war. No one seems to want peace. Does anybody even talk about peace? You got Gerald Delente's Occupy Peace and Lee Sheehan and people like that, but uh, nobody listens to them, unfortunately. They don't have a platform outside of, you know, maybe coming on my show. If they'll do that. But uh, I, I worked with an old Chinese guy once years ago, the legendary Danny Liu, that had a huge impact on me. And he used to talk about, he tried to tell, of course, he, you know, he didn't speak English that well. So I'm not, but I think the gist I got of it was he tried to claim something like that was going on. And he was pretty old, way back when. He kept saying, China got a lot of secrets, man. China got a lot of secrets. And I said, okay. So, but he, he tried to tell me that some kind of, magical soldiers or something they had uh, you know back then so i think there's you know one thing alex jones talks about he talks about the technology they have they're only they're only letting you know about a small portion of it so my guess is they've had these things around for a while i mean i don't know if there's any terminators walking around or not but uh i would just assume that they just create artificial soldiers and just fight that way you know that nobody would have to lose their lives and if they can't stop the wars uh just go ahead, you know, and, and, you know, have robots kill each other or whatever, or destroy each other. I mean, but uh, I think that they enjoy the bloodletting. So I think uh, the best, we, you know, if, if they create these super soldiers, they're still going to be human beings. But uh, I don't put anything past them. It certainly sounds uh, feasible because we're living in a science fiction. I agree. Um, uh, it's reminiscent of Dr. Peter Beter uh, to bring that up again, that uh, he yeah. said but way back in the day that, you know, that they had um uh organic robotoids right and it's kind of the same thing right like if if you don't want uh you know that would be the rationale like people don't get hurt we're, we're creating these things and they will fight for us but then it's inevitable that they turn it on the people it's inevitable right, <laughs> right. it's inevitable there is no way around it uh we've already seen the anubis dogs that are uh, you know patrolling the streets uh, right. uh nowadays right like i mean it's they're going to turn these technologies on the people Charlie Robinson, what are you thinking, sir? Super soldiers. Well, you know, it still won't stop the collateral damage that they always do. Uh, okay. You see the statistics of World War One. I. I think the collateral damage of civilians was about 10% of those killed were civilians. Moved up to, I think, 30% in World War II, 50% Vietnam. And in Iraq, it was 90%. So that's with human beings at the controls, not maybe hope hopefully caring not to kill you know civilians and still killing 90 percent of them um what happens when robots without a thought you know what what happens right, when, when right, these right. things uh 
are are unleashed and they can't d- differentiate between uh, enemy combatant and a and a lady with her kids you know so so i saw i saw uh you know robocop <laughs> i know what happens you know <laughs> when the thing goes crazy in the boardroom and shoots everybody i mean so we've got darpa we've got black mirror sort of leaking this right. stuff out or showing like a 15 year out futuristic uh, world that we're living in the, the the boston dynamics robot dogs and singapore and and now we saw them in the new york housing projects going coming out i mean that is oh. chilling so so i'm no i'm no fan of this i don't like the idea of of the super soldier component. I think that, uh, I mean, obviously I don't like the idea of the war, but, right, right. but it's, um, this is unfortunately what happens in, in the United States. You take the, when the new technology comes out, the very first thing they look to do is weaponize it or figure out how it'll be applied in that sort of theater. And, and then after it serves its useful purpose and they've got a new batch of technology that'll take its place, then we get the hand-me-down. Then it becomes like nightly news about, hey, oh, look at this new technology that we just discovered, which, you know, the mili- some aspects of the military have had for decades. So I- I'm, not, I'm not looking forward to this. You see also the propaganda rolling out through, through, um, through the television and through these movies talking about, you know, uh, sort of normalizing this, everything about it. Um, leads me to to think about the slow increment, incremental uh, uh, sort of announcement of these robots over the years, starting with movies like Terminator and things like that. And we were like, wow, this is great science fiction. And then as we get, as all of us get a little bit older and we remember watching that movie in the theaters, you know, 25, 30 years ago, there's a lot of similarities. There's a lot right. of things that they were talking about that are that are now not just uh, real, but kind of normalized and ingrained in our life. So I, I have I have major hesitations about anything like this. I mean, I mean, of course, right? Because it's it's never good for us. But what I do want to ask, and this is a serious question, and please answer honestly, right? And Tony already kind of did, but I'm still going back to you. I'm going to give you a second chance, sir, to come clean with me. And tell me that you would take the super soldier serum. So if they give you super soldier serum, right? It's it's like, hey, this is going to take away um, any ailments you may have. You're gonna you're gonna be 20 years old in the body again. Any fat, you're gonna be super cut up. You're gonna be able to jump across buildings, and you'll probably live another hundred years as a result. Um, Captain America. Uh, he, 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 uh, what is it? Um, he survived an atomic bomb blast, right? You would be able to do the same theoretically. Would you, or would you not take it, sir? No, uh, th- there seems to be some sort of, uh, <laughs> I was going to say Faustian bargain. It's Faustian bargain in that, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I, 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 I really think that if you look at, uh, this isn't anything new under the sun, by the way, you've got, right. uh, Stalin tried this in the 1930s, a well-documented case of, trying to impregnate a, a human female with gorilla sperm nice. and there there is evidence that they <laughs> there's evidence that they succeeded on some level and of course the whatever it was died you know some uh, abomination so i think tinkering with genetics tinkering with uh the life that god gave you is um i don't know it's a risk that i'm not willing to take uh, i i was a paratrooper in the army i uh, i fought in uh, illegal wars. Uh, so I wouldn't want to fight in any more wars or be a super soldier. So I'm good with that. So that my answer is no, Bill. Okay. Don Jeffries, I'm coming to you. 
And don't don't copy don't copy Tony Atterburn. Okay? <laughs> well, it's it's certainly uh, you know it, it, it tempting to become a superhero. We all we right. all we all, we all want to have our superhero thing. But yeah, I mean it's yeah, there's and there always these uh, you, you watch enough of these horror movies uh, going back to Bela Lugosi and the Mad Scientist all the way through the Terminator and the science fiction films to know that these things never work out well. So these, you know, when you're tinkering with nature, there's always a price to pay, you know, it's a Frankenstein complex or whatever. But something like this, it can't, it cannot possibly work out well because it, let's say if something like this did exist, then why would you just give it to super soldiers? If you had the technology to inject somebody with something to eliminate, make them basically invulnerable and live an extra hundred years, why wouldn't you want to provide that to the general population? Why can't we all get a cut of that? You know, I mean, that that would that would be the argument. Why is it just for war? You know, but uh, so, yeah, I, I first of all, I have my doubts that anything would work like even I, I don't think it would be because uh, I don't think they want to give they would want to give this. They, they don't do anything for our for the benefit of the average oh, person. Right. So I don't think they're going to do anything to create a bunch of I mean, because after the soldiers survive the wars and they're going to be running around like a bunch of Captain Americas. I mean, would, couldn't they become <laughs> supervillains? I mean, theoretically or, you know, a deranged Superman. I mean, I, it's, it's yeah, I, I don't if it's very. uh as, as Tony said, a very Faustian or Faustian bargain there, and I, I wouldn't <laughs> want any part of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's new. Co- coined right here on America Unplugged. We keep pumping them out every week, so now the, the Faustian bargain. That's, that's that's what we're going with. Hey, uh, Charlie, what's up, buddy? No? No super soldier serum for you? I don't trust the source, you know? Yeah. I don't trust the, gov- the government. If the government's giving it to you, I mean, look, they want us all dead so, because they don't want us, they can't because the social security system is would collapse if we lived an extra hundred years, you know, they want us dead. Uh, I wouldn't take anything they were handing out. I'm fine. I'm, I'm content to, to live in this, this imperfect body that I have for as long as I can. And, and I'm, and I'm totally good with that. And I, and I don't, I don't trust, uh, the side effects. Look, like anything you get super, powers what do you lose maybe you lose your sense of self maybe you lose your sense maybe it's a mental thing so you know maybe you don't know who you are anymore maybe you're you, maybe you're you know you feel obligated to go out and fight for fight these wars forever because you are a super soldier i wouldn't want any of that so I, i'm good i'm content to just uh take my my 100% natural organic uh body and ride it until i can't ride it anymore very righteous crew here today um, I, I'll tell you this, uh, we're going to see it in our lifetime. I think we will see a, a, a super soldier rolled out. Um, he might be a celebrity as a result. Um, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. It'll be a very, very difficult thing to turn down if they put that in front of me. But the only reason I would turn it down is because I think something would go horribly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just think something would go horribly wrong. We really don't know what we're messing with. We really don't know what the hell we're doing. Um, and uh, ultimately, anything that takes us... So, see, I think we can do this. And here we go with, with, uh, with my new ager uh, uh, beliefs, right? That everybody tells me about. I think we can do this on our own, right? I really think we have the abilities to do this. God-given to do many things. So to do it artificially is not a good thing because we have no idea what's going to go down. And, and, and the the side effects are probably uh, they probably outweigh, you know, any of the benefits that you would get from it. So I'd have to turn it down, unfortunately, but I would really, really, really like to, you know, 
be able to run super quick and jump through buildings. That I mean, it sounds amazing. I mean, you know, I'd love to do it. Don Jeffries, we're going to go to you, sir. You had something you wanted to talk about. So uh, let us know. What's up? Well, no, they're they're talking about uh, something they're calling, you know, there's so many Orwellian terms now. I mean, we've just, we, we're just, it's like they're just rereading 1984 and just, and, and using the, uh, the, the, lang- the language there. But they're coming up with something they want to call a disinformation task force. And we hear mm-hmm. a lot about disinformation, which, and it bothers me a lot because, uh, you know, again, it's, it's, uh, I've talked about hate speech and all these, or all these Orwellian terms that began with hate speech and now it's disinformation and, uh, we have freedom of speech, but not conspiracy theories, not hate, not racism, whatever. whatever and none of these terms can be defined. I mean, neither, not, none of those things can legally be even, you know, nobody agrees on what they are. What do you mean? So it's very, what, what is this information? I mean, you know, we, we, all of us here think that pretty much everything you would read in the, or, or see in the mainstream media is disinformation. Yeah, I'd like to ban that if we could, because it's it's damaging. But uh, they consider any alternative to that. So if you're if you're you know breaking a little part of that force field, if you're trying to chip through and, and to any degree at all, that's disinformation. And uh, you know Joe Biden's obviously going to sign this, but it's but looking at the groups. Uh, I think one of the groups that are pressuring him to do this actually calls itself Free Press. And I, <laughs> I, I and I, I, I mean it's unbelievable. You talk about a double speak or, or news. I mean double think. But uh, the idea that a group like that, and, and you should have read like, their press release. I mean, I, I, it's unbelievable. It's basically like we have to combat this information so that we can keep up healthy exchange of ideas. Like, what? You know, it's like, so, it's like, you know, the old, uh, you know, the argument about uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. You know, we did that to save lives. I mean, that's the argument. That's the ultimate double thing. And so I, I just think it's very dangerous. And so many people now, I can't think how many times I read online or some stupid celebrity said, hate speech is not free speech. It's become a new line. It's like, what, what are you talking about? Free speech is free speech. But unfortunately, a, a, a large section of America doesn't agree with it anymore. So I'm sure the disinformation uh, task force will be applauded by probably a majority of Americans. Right. No, there's a lot of people that are going to be behind this 100 percent, you know, Uh, probably on both sides of the aisle. And and who chooses what this information is? Right. Right. Who gets to say uh, who uh, is right and who is wrong? You know, this is just another disaster waiting to happen. Charlie, give me your thoughts, man. Well, hate speech a lot of times is just speech that they hate. You know, it's not it's not necessarily even something negative. But 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 just looking back on over the last 12 months with the covid situation, think of how many times you've put out information on, say, Twitter uh, about something and then they fact check it underneath or they run a little thing or they they put you they ban you for information that then three months later turns out to be 100 percent true. And you're not retroactively put back on. So the 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 slippery slope of of labeling things disinformation. I mean, we just watched a year of them moving the goalposts. Right. Two weeks to flatten the curve. Two right. months. You know, two years. Wear the masks. Oh well, they're temporary. Oh, okay. Well, now you got to wear one. Now you got to wear two. Well, maybe <laughs> you'll wear them forever. Get the shot. Get the shot. It'll go back to normal. Oh, okay, we all got the shot. Okay. Well, now you got to still wear the mask. Right. Okay. Well, well, now you probably have to get another shot. I mean, so. If they'll do the same thing with with disinformation. Oh well, this is now disinformation. Oh well, there's a there's a study that contradicts that. So what you've said is disinformation. So you're gone. I mean, it, the it is if 
like you said, it will it will come into this society with thunderous applause from the brain dead morons out there that don't understand how it actually works. It'll sound good. They always name it something that sounds good, right? It's always like freedom act or, you know, Patriot act or whatever, you know, and you're like, Oh yeah, it's good. It's going to save us. And then you peel it back and you're like, Oh, it's the exact opposite of the name. So if it's, you know, if it's a disinformation task force, what you should expect is a whole lot of disinformation coming your way. Right, man. Right. A whole lot of manipulation. Uh, uh, mentally and emotionally coming out of whatever they tell you is correct. Mr. Tony Atterburn, thoughts? Well, supposedly the word news comes from the acronym North, East, West, and South. So this could be a way to uh, completely capture the digital territory and make you know normal actors such as journalists or alternative media into enemy combatants in that information war. So... I mean, they're they're pushing this more and more because they have to get control of the narrative because it's wow. slipping away from them. Right. Wow. So I see this as, I mean, they're going to do uh, more draconian uh, censorship. Work, they're partners with big tech. You know, it's laughable that these libertarian types, which I consider myself a libertarian in many ways, but they say like Facebook's a private company, YouTube and Google a private company. Like, no, they work hand in hand with the defense industry, uh, with the, the government uh, to censor and uh to track so no we're we are it our profession and what we're doing right now is is highly important it's very much needed and we're going to have to be nimble and we're going to have to be on our uh, guard 24 7 agreed 100 percent, and that's why um outlets like this the alternative media are, are really needed just to just to present the counter narrative yeah. to everything that's going on because there will be no counter. man it's incredible before we move on to the next subject, man, if, if you Google things right now, you know what you're going to get. Like if you Google, uh, for instance, a Boston Marathon conspiracy, you don't even get the real conspiracy. You get debunked, debunked, debunked. <laughs> like all I want to know is what the conspiracy was, right? So I, I thought you can't even get that. First 20 results are how everything is bullshit, you know, and, and that's what we that's what we have now. Um, the fake library of Alexandria, right? That, that, that we have here in Google that, well, we can't access crap except for what they let us access. And uh, we have serious problems coming down the pipe for that. All right, Mr. Robinson, you had something to talk about. Let us know what's up. Well, we've got this new um, cyber attack forces shutdown of largest gasoline pipeline in the United States. And uh, you know, for people in the alternative media or, or, people that, that enjoy this sort of uh, content. One of the things that I feel like the longer you do this, the, the better you get at recognizing operations when you see them, you know, when you get, you, you get real good at recognizing problem, reaction, solution sort of scenarios. So when you see a cyber attack forces shutdown of largest gas pipeline, my, my feeling is this is clearly a setup. I mean, I, I don't know the ins and outs of it yet. I'm, I'm speculating, but I feel comfortable speculating that there is more to this story than is being reported it, it, because here's how it's being reported. <laughs> it, it's in, and, and, and as we get, you know, as we study events like this, because of our ability to, for pattern recognition, you'll start to spot some of the same little words and phrases that they use. So listen to this. 
The Washington Post reported that ransomware was used in the attack, citing two U.S. officials it didn't identify. It wasn't clear if the attack was carried out by foreign government hackers or a criminal group, the officials told the Post. In ransomware attacks, hackers typically encrypt an organization's computer files and then demand a ransom payment to unlock the data. So uh, how long before we hear Russia did it? Right. I mean, that is that is. 100% coming or even here's here's a, a future setup unnamed hackers that we would have known exactly who they were had we had a digital internet id card wow. and since we didn't have a digital internet <laughs> id card we're never going to know who these hackers are so what we're going to do from this point on is we're going to institute a digital internet id card so that we can never have these sort of issues again it's for your safety of course it's to prevent russian hackers from turning off your gas and gas will go to $14 a gallon in the east coast and everyone will freak out problem we had a cyber attack reaction holy shit my gas went to $14 make it stop solution internet ID card. So it might not happen exactly that way, but this is the pattern that they use. These are the tactics that they use. They don't get very creative. They don't have to, (laughs) you know, it works really well, frankly. So you control the media and you get them to put out bullshit stories from unnamed unidentified sources or government officials or people close to the president's thinking, (laughs) which is the ultimate nothing, you know, (laughs) and you, and you put that out and then you just put it out over and over again. And you have all of your assets in the media do boom, 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 cyber attack, cyber. All you hear for the next nine months is cyber attacks are coming. They're coming. They're going to take off. And then it rolls in. And so I see something like this. Now, could it be a legit cyber attack? Sure. Of course. I mean, would you, would it be a good target? Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but they role played this. They role played this stuff before the election. I had Whitney Webb on my show and we talked about this. They role played on the day of the election, cyber attacks on water treatment facilities and power grids and uh, cyber attacks, remote hacking Teslas and auto driving them into people standing in line to vote. So none of those things didn't happen, but they role played them. And if we know anything about role playing, we know that we might see those sorts of events later in the future. So whenever I hear cyber attack, my my ears go up and I go, okay, hang on a second. There's probably a little bit more to this story. So I get I get really bad vibes from this story. I agree, man. When they role play something, they plan on doing it in some way, shape or form. And they plan out different scenarios. You don't know which one you're going to get, but you're going to get one of them. Mr. Atterburn, what's up? Well, notice the key words here, ransomware, right? Uh, that has to do with how you get paid. How, how, how do hackers uh, supposedly want to get paid? They want to get paid in cryptocurrency, Bitcoin. Uh, like I was talking about a couple of months ago, the Pentagon was running a war game scenario against a Gen Z Bitcoin revolt. The, the establishment, the powers that be, the military industrial complex and the banksters hate cryptocurrency. They hate Bitcoin. And this would be another way to say, look, mega criminals and foreign governments want to get paid in this awful, awful digital currency that sucks up all this energy. And we've got to get rid of it. So this is, an, I think, an added bonus. And I think you'll start seeing more and more uh, attacks uh, in the media against things like Bitcoin. They're already going after it environmentally. The, the usual suspects and the stooges. They rolled out Bill Maher against it the other day. Charlie Munger was talking about it. All these investors. I, I think this is a this could be something that sinks together. Of course, that's how I my prism. I look through you know gold, silver, Bitcoin uh, stuff I study every day. 
But yeah, the, the a foreign entity doing a cyber attack would not want to get paid or put in anything. They they were just attack you. You know, they would just this would be strategic in the sense of what what they gain. So this would uh, to me looks like a, oh, I think everything's an inside job, but <laughs> this looks like an inside <laughs> job to me. Hey, you remember, it, it takes me back. It's not 100 uh, percent related, but kind of is. Um, Vault 7, CIA Vault 7, when, when, when all of that came out a few years ago and what they're able to do, uh, you know, and, and, and have, uh, you know, fake cyber footprints out, you know, and they can pretty much blame whomever they want uh, for cyber attacks and anything like that. They can make it look, look like the Russians did it, but it came out of some, some I don't know, some base in the U.S. or something like that. Uh, always got to keep an eye on it. What's up, Don Jeffries? Yeah, you know, just hearing about it, when, when people, when the establishment talks about hackers or anything like that, it reminds me so much of uh, how decades they groom the public to accept this terrorism stuff. When you know, I, I believe that uh, the powers that be created whatever terrorists existed because you know, since the, since nine eleven, uh, if real terrorists existed, just look at our power grids. I mean, they they if, if, they'd be drooling with anticipation because it wouldn't take much to take them out at all. And, and no one, we haven't seen any terror. And the terrorists seem to have disappeared largely, much as the flu has uh, with the virus. So thank goodness for that. COVID has been some good because now we don't have to worry about terrorism anymore. I, I never hear anybody talk about it. But uh, again, this is another attempt where the establishment, the usual suspects who we know are responsible for a lot of wrongdoing, intelligence agencies, the Pentagon, our government in general, continually tries to, to create hobgoblins and shift the blame for the things that they're probably doing if they're being done at all onto mysterious and vague shadowy hackers that you know maybe they'll round some poor schmuck up and throw them into prison like they've done already they've done that with Ross Albrecht and people like that and put them in prison for long uh, long incredible draconian prison sentences but they never are they, they noticed the uh I think it was Charlie was talking about that when they were saying whether it was uh, sources, these unnamed sources were were unknown, whether it was a foreign government or, or hackers, or whatever. There's no no sense that it could be an inside job because it never is. And of course, the, the foreign uh, hobgoblin of choice at this point still is Russia. So easily they could just be another Russian hacking scene. And we, you know, we went through all this nonsense with WikiLeaks and, and the mysterious hacking of the DNC emails. And, and that's just another term of, with WikiLeaks hacking, I don't know. I mean, I think they were doing something great journalistically, letting the public know uh, about what their leaders are doing. I, I love reading the Podesta emails and, and to see what was in there. But somehow that was converted by our corrupt press into a hacking situation by Russia, when in fact it was uh, it should have been an ex, you know an admission that hey, this is an expose of the DNC corruption and how they were trying to corrupt the process. Bernie Sanders in favor of Hillary Clinton, but they twisted that completely around, threw Russia in there, which is ridiculous. And Julian Assange is still in exile because of it. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, whenever I hear hackers, I, I kind of react the way I used to when people used to talk about the problems here. No, I don't, a lot of problems in the world. I don't think terrorists or hackers are, are on my, uh, very high on my list. It's important. You mentioned a couple of important things there in, in relation to, to the DNC hack. And, um, you know, how, how easy it would have been, right? It's common sense. You want to look at what was actually in those documents, what happened there, but they twisted it into something completely different. And we know that, but we need to look at the people that lent themselves to that deception. And that was the DNC and the RNC, both of them. 
including Donald Trump, completely lending lending himself to the deception, playing the role of the whole Russia thing, never saying, hey, this isn't about Russia. Let's look at these emails, man. He never said it. He just said, I never had any collusion, played right into the role, That's right. played right into the role, you know, and, and, and completely uh, just pushed aside the actual issue. And, you know, that stuff was just under the rug. Nothing to see here. Keep right on moving. Impeachment. Let's go look at that. And, uh, of course, that was a bunch of nonsense. But uh, that's how they uh, completely just uh, X X that out. And you see the complicity of both sides there because both of themselves lent themselves to it in order to cover up something that probably implicated both sides. Thank you for bringing that up, sir. Um, Unless somebody unless somebody has something to say on this, we're moving on. Is that cool? Or do we got something? We're good. Good with me. We're good. All right. Let's talk about this quick story here that I wanted to talk about. Uh, Children, when growing up near green spaces, may have a lower risk of developing ADHD. Now, uh, this is something close to me because, you know, I'm always harping on, on, uh, you know, this artificial society that we've built for ourselves and how it has a ton of benefits. And it's, it's beautiful in a lot of ways. Right. We can do so many things. But in reality, it always, always always without exception has consequences and side effects. And these are things we're not even looking for nine times out of 10, because we really don't know what the hell we're screwing with. Almost going back to the super, uh, um, superhuman serum thing that we talked about in at the top of the hour here. Um, all of this stuff, all of this artificial stuff, the computers, uh, the, the, the televisions, the, the 5G, all of this stuff, 3G, let's go back. You know, it's not just 5G. It's all of this stuff that we've been doing. Uh, microwaves, uh, they're not good for you. They're not good for humans. This isn't the natural way of living, not the way we were intended to be. Now, the human body is incredibly resilient, and we are able to to supersede some of this stuff and to push some of it off, but it doesn't come without its consequences. And ADHD is proving to be something that may be facilitated by this high-tech world that we're living in, completely separate from nature, right? Especially here in the city. I'm a city boy. You know, I've, I've, I've gone out to nature a few times because, you know, I'm a grown-ass man now. But when I was a kid and I was broke, I was in the hood and living in the concrete jungle, and that's all I've ever really known. And there's so many people that are like that, you know, and, and so many different things are going on with the psyche of people as a result of that. And now at least science seems to be catching up. At least they're reporting stuff like this before. It'd be complete nonsense to even say something like that. They'd be like, oh, you're stupid. You don't know what you're talking about. Now they're actually saying, okay, there might be something to this. Um, Charlie, I'm going to you first. What do you got? Well, I mean, you you can go back to stories of Steve Jobs when he was alive talking about how he wouldn't let his kids Very use good. the iPad. Okay. I mean, and when, when the guy's company is the one that develops it, Maybe we should l- listen to him because he might know a little bit about the the mechanics behind it. We know that television puts you in a weird sort of state. Um, it, clearly, the 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 tablets are doing the same thing. It now we, there's a you know there's a rise in ADHD, but that could be. I mean, there's there's obviously ties to vaccines. There's it's it's a known side effect that that right. can come from that. But but getting out outside 
and just being out and doing kids stuff outside, you know, the, the article mentioned being near green spaces. Well, let's just talk about outside in general, like out, just going out and doing <laughs> kids stuff instead right. of staying inside. Right. I think that that, just in and of itself, taking the technology, turning it off for a little while and going out and playing in the yard or riding your bike or doing all those things that has benefits. That's what we're meant to do. We're meant to do that. We're not meant to be looking at at computer screens all day long. It's not good for us. It's bad for your eyes. It's bad for your brain. And God knows what it's doing to little kids too. So I'm not surprised that there, there are additional benefits to being away from all of this electromagnetic soup that we're constantly living in. Fantastic. and, and we might not get the, the, the straight story from the uh, hardware companies either, you know, because they have a product to sell. So they're not going right. to list off a, 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 you know, give you a list of side effects of this stuff. But so it may be that we uh, it, it might be a combination of a bunch of things. The electromagnetic frequencies that we deal with on a daily basis, the vaccine push, uh, the, the, the technology that we have in our kids or maybe even just parents too busy, too distracted themselves, working three jobs now because everything costs so much more. They don't have the time to spend with the kids and they're forced to grow up on television and, and, and tablets and things like that. So all of these things combined could could play into this. It's, it's definitely a dangerous world, a world that we didn't grow up with as kids. Um, and so now we have to kind of, but we have to be uh, we have to be aware of it and sort of monitor this because if we leave it up to somebody else to tell us whether this is, you know, it's, it's a good thing to, or a bad thing, well, we're probably not going to get straight answers. So I think parents uh, need to take a little bit more responsibility for their kids and make sure that they are not connected all the time, all day long. I mean, I agree with you, man. Like, I, you know, ever since lockdown here, you know, my, my kids were always, we were always out of this place, out of the house, not, not doing anything fun. You know, we were always doing something though. We were like at work or in school. And then when, when we all got together, we would go out to eat. We would come home at about nine, 10 o'clock, not nine times out of 10. Now we are always here. So what I do is, uh, cause my kids, they're just home, you know, and I'm like, and th- you know, they're older, you know, um, well, I have my nephew living with me and, and my, and my eldest, I have a, a young guy that's, that's different, but, but, uh, I, I tell them now I, I've been actively doing this since, since, uh, about March. I'm like, listen, you guys gotta, gotta go. <laughs> so I'm like, go outside. I'm like, here's a basketball, go play basketball, go, go walk around, go, go talk to some girls, let, let, go, go, go do something, you know, just get out of here, you know, and we do it together. Like on, on, as soon as I'm getting out, as soon as we finish this, we're going to go do something. We're going to go get something to eat. But I try to get them out of here as much as possible, you know, and still it's the concrete jungle. And there's a lot of, uh, a lot of drawbacks of being out here, you know, so two days ago, somebody got shot down the block. So I, I have to keep that in mind also. You know, it's, it's, it's the reality of things, but, um, we can't be behind these four walls 24 seven. It drives people freaking crazy. You understand? And, and that's one of the, the biggest side effects of this whole shutdown. But uh, b- beyond that, before the lockdown, people were staying home just to play their video games 24 seven. They didn't want to go outside to do anything. You know, they just wanted to play video or, or world of, of Warcraft was the thing that everybody was playing. People were dying in their basements. Because they did not want to leave, you know, um, and uh, and this, this, that's something we all need to keep in mind and try to do something to get ourselves back outside, get some vitamin D, you know, chill, you know, take it easy and, and do something like that. What's up, Tony Atterbury? 
I, well, 18 months ago, I lived in San Antonio, Texas on a very busy street, and I had my gold and silver shop there. I decided to move up to the Ozarks. I've got 33 acres. I didn't do that on purpose, though, Charlie. I got 33 acres <laughs> uh, in the Ozarks. <laughs> and um, no, I, and so now we live off grid. I don't have, I, I don't even have electricity. I do rainwater collection, and um, I, it really is, it detoxes you. And I didn't know that because you don't know until you know. And I have this little cabin that I have for myself. And I literally on, on the side of a, of a large hill or you could call it a mountain. And um, I, I feel uh, after, you know, more than a year of staying out there that I feel like I'm drifting towards more like spiritual things. And wow. uh, my, my, my thinking pattern is different. I notice when I stay in town, uh, like if I stay in my office, sometimes I have to work late and I'll just stay here at the shop that my mind uh, and I, my physical reactions are different for the next 24 hours. So I think that there's something to that. I mean, we obviously things aren't getting better. Our society is not better off. It's unfortunate we have all this access to information. Like, I mean, kings would have killed for this, like, you know, generations ago for what, what we have at our fingertips. But people seem to be dumber. And there's like a zombie apocalypse that could be just from the amount of uh, the radio waves and the microwaves and all these things and the screen time. Um, I mean, if I'm not, and so my screen time is cut way down. I mean, I do still listen to my protests with Don Jeffries and macro aggressions and the infinite fringe. I still got that going. I, if I, if I jettisoned my phone, I'd have no, you know, radio waves around me because right. I literally live like there's no, there's not even a power hookup. So I, I think it makes a huge difference. It's good to just go out and do grounding. You know, we talked about that before. We just take, you get your bare feet on the earth you know, for as much time as you can, you know, maybe five minutes. If you can do that, you know, as well, two, three times a week, even that's helpful. So I'm, I, I don't know. I, I didn't used to think that was a factor, but I'm becoming more and more uh, on, on board, kind of like a hippie where I'm just like, ah, I just don't want any radio waves, you know? So uh, <laughs> that's well, that. I, I've, go ahead. Finish up tone. I'm sorry. No, I just, I think if you, not everybody can do that, but you can do little things, you know, and, yeah. you know, the, just taking away the device. Um, and I see kids and I, I just worry about them. You know, I have a 16 year old son and uh, he didn't, his mom didn't allow him to have a, uh, a tablet for the longest time, I think till he was like 15. So he, he didn't get, but I see like eight year old kids, you know, yeah. seven year old kids. I'm just like, wow. Yeah. I mean, so that's a lifetime of, of staring at that. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a problem, you know, and, and uh, like I've mentioned here before, I, I've become more and more attached to my cell phone to the point where, I mean, about two years ago, I was about to get a flip phone, you know, because I, I was that unattached to it. But uh, as time has gone on, I'm like, damn, I'm going to have to upgrade and get, you know, the newest iPhone in order to keep up with everything that I've got going on right now. And that's the demand of the artificial world. And, and I, I realized that, uh, it's not good for me. And I have to find a way to separate myself from this thing. But uh, right now I'm just stating uh, the truth. It's, uh, I'm, I, um, it, it's like a part of me and th that's what they want, right? They want it to be a part of you. What's up, Don Jeffries? Well, I'm not surprised to hear that, uh, you know, being uh, you know, basically in nature and in, in a natural environment is, is going to cause less problems. So certainly I think, you know, and ADHD is, is I think, has been over uh, overblown diagnosis for a long time uh, because uh, you, you look at you know, probably 99 percent of little boys fit the bill for ADHD. I mean, they're going to fidget. Gonna, I mean, 
that's just a, not so much girls, but little boys. I mean, they're all kind of that way. They're bouncing off the walls if you keep them sitting too much. There's a reason why, you know, children's movies, you know, didn't last that long. Because they, they realize how long can you, you know, even it's, it's all you're going to have them start throwing popcorn at the screen and stuff. We all did when we were kids. I mean, I don't know, at least I did. But, uh, you know, so I, I think, and of course, you when you factor in the vaccines and the problems that we have that where the autism on the autism spectrum, that ADHD is probably I guess, at the bottom maybe of, of any kind of spectrum, but you know, probably half the kids that are the age of my kids probably have Asperger's or claim they have Asperger's. I mean, it's, which nobody had heard of it 50 years ago. So I think a lot of the modern things uh, play into that. And certainly this the matrix world, you know, the plugged in world uh, that we're all a part of. And, you know, I, and I admit, you know, I'm like a heroin addict with the internet. I'm literally, I, I, get, <laughs> I, I would have withdrawal symptoms. If I, if I go, you know, a day I could, I couldn't do it. I just don't think I could do it. Uh, that's how addicted I am to it. That's my world, the cyber world, but I recognize it's, you know, it's ridiculous. But uh, it just is. That's where, where, you know, where all my friends are now, you know, people like you and in the real world. I, you know, this is boring, you know, in, in comparison. But kids do need to go out and play. But unfortunately, it's been a trend for a long time. When my kids were little, already that had changed. It when when I was a kid. When I was a kid, we all did go out and play. We rode our bikes for miles. Uh, I didn't wear shoes all summer long. You know, I had calluses on my feet where I could play basketball on a blacktop because I didn't. I, you know, I just didn't wear shoes. Just didn't. And uh, it, it was it was a great, but it was a different world. I've, I've commented all the time. I don't know where all the pedophiles were back then. Certainly could have nabbed me and had me across five state lines before my parents knew where I was. <laughs> I was always miles from home. I could, maybe I wasn't attractive enough. I don't know. But I mean, uh, but none of the kids that I know were, you know, we didn't think about strangers. You know, your parents didn't think, okay, I'll, I'll see you seven hours later. Be home, you know, by dark. There's no yeah. cell phone, nothing. So, I mean, what can be done to a kid in seven hours? never even crossed our minds i never saw anybody that was even remotely like a bad stranger so i don't know where those people were then if they weren't around me or around anybody i knew but it was a different world you didn't have the organization but by the time my kids came along everything became organized Tony probably knows this where everything's structured activities my kids played organized sports daughter was girl scouts did dance classes that's what you had. Everything was structured. And, you know, your parents drove you back and forth. But a little bit of kids playing outside together and just random pickup activities, but not so much. And, you know, a lot of it was because of that fear and those pedophiles that are around every corner that apparently didn't exist before. So it already had changed. And now it's, uh, you don't even, I, you don't even have the organized activities, I guess, now since COVID. Everything is the kid can go, you know, he turns on his uh, laptop and, and, and certainly a cell phone. And uh, if, again, if the terrorists ever decided to take down the cell phone towers, what would that do? What would that do to the millennials? I literally think they just, they just collapse in the streets. You know, like somebody unplugged them. You know, that's how plugged in we all are to the matrix. But uh, yeah, I, that's not surprising to me. I mean, I, I think, and, and what Tony talks about would be great. I wish I could do it, but you know, I, I, like I said, I'd have to have the internet with me, let alone electricity or anything else. So, uh, I'm not one that can set up a camp out out the great outdoors or something. I wouldn't be too self sufficient, unfortunately. But uh, but it, it's obviously a good thing for the kids to be out and, and to, as Tony said, stick your feet on the earth, get a sense of where you really are in the real world, and, and understand it's, it's completely different from the cyber world we're at right now, even as we speak. Well, you know, you said um, 
you know, the, that everybody's plugged in, right? And and that was one of the bases of America Unplugged, right? So to unplug a, a little bit, at least one or two hours a day, you know, to chill out and 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 not, you know, not interact with all of the technology around. And I try to do that. I still try to do that at least one hour a day. Uh, and I know that's not a lot, but if you guys, if you guys got a picture of everything that's around me right now, I know Tone, Tone's seen my setup. It's nothing but like computers and a board and I mean, everything artificial you can think of, but, um, you know, I, I try to unplug as much as possible. Like I, I, I try to put my phone away and now that I'm in school, I, I even get, um, whiplash from some of the professors because I don't respond to emails as quickly as I should. And they're like, why isn't the app on your phone? So you can respond to these emails. They literally tell me this, like, and, and this is something that is expected right of 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 you at this point and uh when i was working for my corporate job you could not not have that phone on you and i would get 500 emails a day a day you know and i had to respond back to it no matter what i was doing whether i was on the clock or not so that that's where what what we're evolving to right and eventually you know wearable technology becomes implantable technology and that's because you know it's a pain in the ass to hold these things so yeah let's get a microchip that does all of that you know, and and that's going to be the next stage. You know, and it's it's really disturbing in a lot of ways. Um, but we should we should unplug for at least an hour a day, and and chill out. Do, try to meditate a bit. You know, that that's incredibly difficult to do to clear your mind of all the thought. It's it's I don't know. I haven't been able to do it. I, I hear that people are, but I can't. Um, one more story, and we'll get up out of here because I I do want to talk about the Lord and Master of the Martian race, Mr. Elon Musk, ladies and gentlemen. He uh, was said to, uh, he was predicted by Werner von Braun uh, to, to uh, well, somebody by the name of Elon. And it just so happens that Elon Musk is here uh, right now uh, attempting to somehow colonize Mars. He says he's going to send a million people over to Mars. A one-way trip, mind you. You're not coming back, uh, dead or alive. Um, it, 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 that's, that's it. You're going over to Mars and they want to colonize Mars. Well, I mean, why do they want to do that? And it's, it's more than just him. It's several billionaires that are infatuated with colonizing Mars. It takes me back to Sidonia, right? And, and, and they had, you know, the, um, the face on Mars, which I always thought was fascinating, you know, and, uh, and the, the, the three pyramid structures that were up there, you know, and, and it's crazy, you know, like the, the similarities to ancient Egypt. And I think it's Cairo means Mars. If I'm not mistaken, you know, so um, I, I, I'll look that up throughout the course of the of this discussion before we wrap up. And I'll let you know if that's exactly what it is. But Cairo means Mars. So there, there's a connection there. Regardless, they want to go up there. They want to colonize. And it was predicted decades ago. Mr. Charlie Robinson, I'm going to you first. Well, I have no problems with us looking to expand our footprint. But if you're looking to get off of this planet because things have been screwed up so badly what's to say that you won't make the same mistakes on mars so i don't i'm i'm not uh uh look i mean i feel like if we're if we're going to prioritize our spending cuz obviously this this it's not going to happen for free i feel like there's a lot of other things we could work on until we sort out some of the low hanging fruit here the homelessness and starvation and the wars and all of this stuff. I mean, I frankly, we're not ready to go to Mars. I mean, we're a savage society and we are, we will do uh, unspeakable things there like we do here because it's part of our nature. We need to get ourselves sort of 
sorted out first before we start exporting our brand of insanity all across the solar system, you know? So <laughs> I, 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 though I, I look, I'm, I'm in favor of, of planetary discoveries. I'm in favor of science and all of this good stuff. I have major questions about anybody that's too popular and too well-liked by the establishment, because then that makes me suspicious of them and their relationship. And of course, Elon Musk through Tesla and, 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 and SpaceX have, massive government contracts, uh, massive government handouts. So, so I, you know, I, I, I'm not, you know, I keep my eyes open on this guy. I don't, I'm not, I'm not in the camp that fully trusts Elon Musk. I, he seems nice. He's got a, you know, he's talking about inter- interesting things. He, you know, smoke a joint on Joe Rogan and all that stuff. But I've seen that happen before where they try to normalize somebody and then, and then you, you watch that they're not anything like that in real life. So, so I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic uh, about this whole thing. Hmm. Well, maybe we can just make them stay up there, right? All the billionaires, all the elites, they go and, and, and then they never come back to earth. That's fantastic. I, I, I'd like to remake earth without them. So I just looked this up real quick <laughs> and then I'm going to you tone. Um, it says, uh, and this is per Google. Well, uh, Cairo's unofficial name is Al, sorry, Al Kahira, which means literally place of camp of Mars. That's what it means. So there you go. Take that for what you will. What's up, Mr. Adaburn? I learned something new every time I come on the show. It's It's gold, baby. It's such a privilege. Uh, No, I mean, (laughs) I'd known about uh, Von Braun's uh, writing about the Elon uh, colonizing Mars for, for quite some time. He also uh, supposedly predicted like a Project Bluebeam situation where there'd be like a fake alien yeah. invasion. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting, something to watch. I'm all about us exploring the stars and getting off the planet. Um, I think that's a lot of what these false flags like 9-11 and COVID-1984 are all about stunting our growth. Um, but I am curious as to why we don't go to the moon I mean, that seems like a, it's closer. It's right there. Um, you always hear about colonizing Mars and no one's going to the moon. Or They always put the timeline out just a little bit farther. And, of course, I've listened to uh, Charlie lay this all out and, you know, about the uh, Apollo missions. And uh, it, it's an it's, it's a open question for me now, even though I've met Apollo astronauts and, you know, talked to them about their, um, about their experiences. Uh, I, I may, maybe we'll be looking at the new documentary 20 years from now, a funny thing happened on the way to Mars. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I, but I, I, again, I'm always, I'm always, uh, looking for exploration and growing as a species. And, you know, I think looking to the stars, that's, that's a great idea. I, you know, Elon Musk, uh, mixed bag, somebody that puts a neural link into a chimpanzee or to a pig um that's that's a that's a bit sociopathic don't you think just a little bit linking them up to the internet i mean why would you poison them they're already perfect you know why are you putting something horrible in their in their uh their brain so no i I, open question i'm all about exploration uh and i elon musk uh the jury's out for me but what do you think of uh of uh of the prediction pretty much etched out decades and decades ago yeah, I mean the the matrix does predictive programming, doesn't it? I mean these elites fall. I mean there's there's so much coding in it. I mean you you have to I mean, you peel back the layers further and further. It's like all the the uh, worship of Aleister Crowley in September 11th. You know, I mean just like oh, it's, it's mind boggling. But yeah, maybe that's uh, another one of those things. It's just 
um, kind of uh, not ex- not explainable at this time, where you have these weird predictions and uh, lays, laying out of the future and the name. That's that's pretty spot on. Beautiful. What's up, Don? What do you got? Well, I think it's it's probably uh, appropriate that Werner von, von Braun uh, oversaw uh, the largely or totally fake NASA space program uh, <laughs> is the one to make a prediction like about Elon Musk, who may participate in the next step of it. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm probably more dubious than Charlie or Tony about this. I mean, I uh, Dave McGowan's Wagon the Moon Dog series. Uh, late great Dave McGowan uh, put me over. The, I was on the fence before that, but I suggest anyone. It thinks that we went to the moon uh <clears throat> read that i mean that's just it's just a fantastic uh series it just yeah again why haven't we been back as tony mentioned they tell you that we have the technology to do that so for them to talk it's very fanciful uh <clears throat> fantasy i think to talk about going to mars when they tell you they can't go back to the moon so i don't know how we're going to circumvent the van allen radiation belt this time uh how we think something like that can happen but yeah I, there's lots of people uh, you know i'd love to uh to Mars, so I'd love to see the elite go there. Let's have Bill Mars, uh, Bill, uh, Bill, Mark, Bill Gates could be president of Mars. <laughs> like there, just run a whole colony there and send all the eugenicists there, so they don't have to worry about the, the people that they're tempted to kill here. Uh, you know, they aren't fit enough. Let let all of us who aren't quite fit enough to join them uh, here. But I, I'd love to see them start their own colony in Mars. I'm sure they do a bang up job. They wouldn't have anybody <laughs> to point there. Maybe we can send them illegal immigrants as well, too, when we run out of room here because, uh, you know, they're going to be in search of cheap labor. But uh, I don't know if Elon Musk is, you know, you know I, I just, again, I think that, uh, as, as uh, Billy Ray and I have said many times, fans of Twilight Zone, you know, don't go on the ship. So if they tell you there's right. a ship to Mars and they're asking for volunteers, don't go on the ship. Well, go it's a cookbook. It's a, it's a cookbook. I'm it's a freaking cookbook, Tony. That's right. Don't do it. Don't do it, man. Um, hey, personally, man, I, I don't know if, you know, and I, I want to believe this, right? I, I want to believe that, that we can go to Mars. I want to believe that, that, uh, you know, all, all these planets that they've discovered, you know, that we can somehow travel to them and be there. But, are we able to do that in a physical sense as humans? You know, like, is it meant for us to do really? Like, I, I don't know, you know, like, like the environment isn't fit for a human body, right? We have to alter it in order to get there. So maybe it's not meant for us to get there, you know, and, and it might be impossible for us to get to certain spots or maybe not necessarily impossible, but it's going to take a long, long time for us to do, you know, and and then we may actually start seeing some evolution of the human race, right? They say that aliens are humans that made it off of here and they had to change. Their bodies changed as a result, you know, of being in, in a different uh, environment. And that's why they look the way they look. But I don't know personally if if we were meant to go up there, at least not in that manner. Maybe spiritually we're able to go to these places, but not necessarily in the physical form. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. America Unplugged, ladies and gents. I had a hell of a, a hell of a time today with all three of you fine gentlemen. Incredible. Mr. Tony Atterburn, tell everybody where they can find you. You can go to arterburn.news or wisewolf.gold. Easy place to find me. Fantastic. Mr. Don Jeffries, what's going on? Oh, my blog is donaldjeffries.wordpress.com. I'm writing on Substack now, so uh, and I call it I protest, just like my radio show. So please look me up there. I need subscribers. I, I'm still not sure how you get paid there. Somebody tells me you can't get paid. I don't know if it's ever subscribers or views or whatever, but 
support subscribers, more views are always good. My books are out there everywhere. Bullyocracy is the latest. Uh, my book on Chogas is coming out. Uh, Google me and you'll find out more than you want to know, as I always say. Absolutely. Go ahead and Google them. And of course, our guest today, Mr. Charlie Robinson. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you very much. We had a lot of fun with you, brother. Tell them where they can find you. Well, thanks for having me. You can find me at theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com. You can catch my podcast, Macroaggressions, in audio format everywhere and also in video format right here on Iconic, also on Rockfin, Odyssey, and of course, ThemTube for as long as they'll allow me. Them tube, ladies and gents. Uh, this is America Unplugged. My name is Billy Ray Valentine. Thank you for hanging out yet another week. We really appreciate everybody that listens, everybody that watches, and the whole deal. Thank you very much. We're getting out of here. Don't burn the place down while I'm gone, all right? Take it easy. Bye-bye. It's getting harder to find the genuine article. That's why when it comes to precious metals, I call the team I can trust. This is David Knight for my friends at Wise Wolf Gold and Silver Exchange. Proudly veteran-owned and operated, Wise Wolf Gold and Silver Exchange is your home for gold and silver coins, bullion, jewelry, and more. Prices and inventory are updated daily, so you get the most competitive possible pricing. And when it's time to sell your gold and silver items, they pay top dollar. Wise Wolf Gold and Silver Exchange also accepts and deals in Bitcoin. Call or text the owner, Tony Arterburn, today at 888-667-1836. That's 888-667-1836. Or just go to wisewolf.gold. From bullion to Bitcoin, Wise Wolf Gold and Silver Exchange. Wise Wolf Gold and Silver Exchange.